This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who row the pine. I will be your host today, Mason, and today we have the Benchwarmer team of Josh and Eric playing against Benchwarmer Scott and newcomer Andrew. So we will go ahead and get started with introductions with uh, Scott and Andrew. So go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us your team name. Hey, all, how you doing? Hey, Scott. Andrew, thanks for coming on, buddy. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're coming from? Well, I'm Andrew. Uh, I live in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in Toronto. Um, I've been kind of all over the map, both with uh, where I've lived and, and sports I've uh, followed and been involved with. Uh, I've been a hockey and a baseball fan for most of my life, but now that NASCAR is one of the few sports that's actually on, I'm forcing myself to occasionally watch a race or two coming out of that because, hey, sports is sports. And it's, uh, if it's helping to, to get the country back on its feet, I'm going to fully cheer for a sport where turning left is the main obstacle and, uh, and ambition. Excellent. So what is your team name for tonight? Well, given that uh, we've got a Cleveland-Toronto connection here, we've decided to go with Roberto Alamarcus Stroman at your service. I see we're doing a rip on pre and pros game already, so thank you for introducing yourselves, Team Roberto Alamarcus Stroman. Uh, and now, Josh and Eric, go ahead and tell us what your team name is. Go ahead, Josh. It's, this is all you. All right. Well, uh, we've decided to go with uh, Eric and the Anchor. Because uh, as it's well known on this podcast, along with Matt, I am the other anchor uh, and not in the good kind like in uh, Tug of War. So Eric and the anchor. Anchor is my favorite sports contronym ever. One of those great ones you can apply where no one really gets the idea of what, uh, which one they mean. And so you can just smile and nod. All right. Well, welcome to the bench, gentlemen. Now on to the rules. We'll be starting off with our tailgate round to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I'll explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we'll have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right. We will get this game underway, starting off with our tailgate round, which is three more questions worth 10 points each. And there's kind of a little mini theme here, so all these questions will be about team nicknames. Question one, what nickname was given to the Houston Cougars basketball team led by Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon from 1982 to 1984? We can uh, check in, Andrew. So Roberto Alamarcus Stroman is checking in. So Eric and Anchor, you are free to discuss. I think I actually maybe have an answer. You do. Uh, yeah, so let's, it, let's, let's, let's check in with yours. Check in. So we're going to check in with Phi Slamma Jamma. Eric and the Anchor checking in with Phi Slamma Jamma and Roberto Alamarcus Stroman. Your answer? Uh, yep. We're also going to check in with uh, good old Phi Slamma Jamma. Both teams are starting off with points. The correct answer is Phi Slamma Jamma. Uh, so both the teams were coached by Guy V. Lewis, and there are other members of the fraternity you might remember uh, Larry, Mr. Mean, Michaud, Michael, Silent Assassin, Young, and Benny, Bomber for Bernice Anders. So quite a trio of nicknames. Moving on to question number two. Which MLB team added the word legs to their team name from 1953 to 1958 
so as to distinguish themselves from any speculated connection to communism. Let's check in with that. Eric and Anchor checking in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman, feel free to talk it out. I think it's the Reds. Cincinnati Reds to Cincinnati Red Legs. It sounds familiar to me. Go ahead and check that in. All right, we're checking it in. Cincinnati Reds. Roberto Alamarca Stroman checking in with the Cincinnati Reds. And Eric and Anchor, your answer? We also checked in with the Cincinnati Reds. Both teams, once again, are getting points. Correct answer is the Cincinnati Reds. So they first started off as the Red Stockings and then became the Reds and then switched to the Red Legs for that short five-year period and then changed back to the Reds. All right, last question of the tailgate. What NFL team has been jokingly referred to as the Flaming Thumbtacks due to its logo, which actually does bear some resemblance to a Flaming Thumbtack? We can check in, Josh. Eric and the anchor checking in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman, talk it out. I don't know nearly enough football. I'm just trying to think of it based on the logo. Is it uh, is any chance it's Kansas City? Because I'm just seeing the arrowhead and and what looks like a, a push pin. Yeah. My be- I, don't, I don't have a better guess because I barely know football. Yeah, a flaming thumbtack. There aren't many logos or like helmets that have anything that looks like flames on it mm-hmm. in football. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm good with that. All right. We're going to check in with the Kansas City Chiefs. Roberto Alamarca Stroman is checking in with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Eric and Anchor, your answer? Uh, it's actually the uh, Tennessee Titans. One team will be getting uh, the correct answer is the Tennessee Titans. So the T looks like a thumbtack. There's the three little stars that are around it. And then there's some flames coming off of it. So that's why they were jokingly called the flaming thumbtacks. Well, that makes sense. I always forget that they're a football team. So like they never, <laughs> like they're one of the obscure teams to me. They never pop into my head when I start listing football teams. Even though they made the AFC championship this past year. I see. And again, I still, you know, they're pretty irrelevant to me. After the tailgate round, we have scores of Roberto Alamarca Stroman with 20 points and Eric and the anchor in lead with 30 points. So today's first quarter will be how low can you go? For this round, there will be four questions consisting of five clues given one at a time. After each clue, each team will decide if they want to lock in their guests by sending a Zoom chat to the host. If a correct answer is locked in after the first clue, the team will receive 50 points. After the second clue, 40 points. After the third clue, 30 points, and so on. To the last clue being worth 10 points. Question one, when am I? Clue one, Fuzzy Zoller wins the U.S. Open. You want to take the next clue, Andrew? I would like to take the next clue. Yeah, we're going to wait for the next clue. Roberto Alamarca Stroman is waiting for the next clue, and Eric and Anchor. I certainly don't have enough to go on with that. Okay, let's go ahead. Next clue, right. please. Next clue. Moving on to clue number two. Bill Johnson becomes the first American to win the gold medal in downhill skiing. Well, I'm glad we can narrow it down to one year and four, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help me enough to feel comfortable. That's uh, no. the next clue you're thinking? Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Next clue, Mason. Eric, you got anything? It's going to be early 80s. Oh, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I haven't been on. I skipped the last recording, so I'm, I'm rusty. I mean, I, I have an idea, but we can definitely take the next one to narrow it down. I think one more should be enough. All right. Sounds good to me. We'll take another clue. Moving on to clue number three for both teams. Martina Navratilova wins the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, defeating Chris Everett in all of those finals. Okay, well, Eric's definitely right with his clue there. 
I don't have enough to go on. I mean, they battled all throughout the 80s, so it's hard yeah. to point. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly the same that I've got. Yeah, let's hold off then. Yeah. Roberto Alla, Marcus Stroman's holding off for one more clue. Eric and the anchor. Are you good with Pretty Sure? I'm good enough with Pretty Sure. Do you have anything? Uh, yeah, are, you, mean, are you okay with what I sent you? I am sending that to you, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I figured it was, you know, that or the one prior. But So, I mean, if you're good after, with it, let, if, if you're good with that, let's check in. Let's check in. All right. Eric and Anchor is checking in for 30 points, so go ahead and send that answer on over to me. And for Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, we'll move on with clue number four. Walter Payton breaks Jim Brown's rushing record. Took me a minute to realize we were talking about football. Doesn't give me any more. Uh, so, you know, it's got to be a Winter Olympic year, right? Yeah. Skiing. Skiing, yeah. So it's 80, 84, or 88 if it's early 80s. I think 84 is too early for Peyton to break that record. I'm trying to think of an American winning a gold in downhill skiing in a Canadian Olympics would, would uh, trigger any ideas. Well, it's a gamble. Between, if, if we think it's in the 80s and 84 is too early for Walter Peyton, then it it's a gamble. Like, it, yeah, it seems like it's a little early. Okay. Well, that's a 50-50 flip between 84 and 88. But 88, I don't know if 88 feels too late for Chris Everett either. Because I know she was definitely in her prime back in the uh, mid to late 70s. But, well, it's a coin flip on, 80, on 88, or, or we wait for one more clue, in which we still might not even get it dead on. I'm inclined to go for it. Okay. Which, which one do you judge. think? Which one do you feel stronger about? If you, if you think Walter, 84 is too early for Walter Payton, then let's do, do 88, because that would put Chris Everett probably in her uh, mid 30s which wouldn't surprise me if she was a dominant force and Martina sure. was in that point. We'll say 88. Sounds good to me. Go ahead and check it in. Checking it in. So Roberto, Alamarcus Stroman is checking in for 20 points with 1988. And Eric and the anchor, you checked in at 30 points. And go ahead and give us your answer. So our answer is 1984. So Eric and the anchor is checking in with 1984. And I'll go ahead and read the last clue for you and see if that helps you. Hakeem Olajuwon is drafted first overall in the NBA draft. And so one team getting points, the correct answer is 1984. All right. Sorry about that, Andrew. Seems that, for, for Peyton. It's all right. Peyton actually, uh, he, he was drafted in 75. So, I mean, that's nine years in the league. To hit yeah. 84. Yeah, it just seemed He, early, he actually retired after, retired after 87. So now we move on to question number two. What am I? Clue one. Baylor and Utah State played in the only NCAA bowl game to be held here. Next clue. Yes, Marcus indeed. Marcus Stroman is going for the next clue. And Eric and Anchor. Next clue. <laughs> you go with that? I don't know, unless Josh knows. Another clue. All right. You're not a huge Utah State fan? Moving on to clue two. At various times, I was known as Brotherhood Park and Brush Stadium. I think we'll wait for another clue. Eric and the anchor waiting for you. Another clue. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman. Scott, I think we definitely got to wait. Yeah, conventional wisdom says wait for another clue. I mean, we're already <laughs> a little bit of a hole. It'd be nice to gain some ground, but let's, uh, yeah, we'll wait for another clue. A lot of game left to play. A lot of yards left in the field. Okay, both teams. Moving on to clue three. My nickname was the bathtub. We're going to take another clue, please. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman taking another clue. Eric and the anchor. I have everything but the name of the place. Give me a second here. Let me let me think about that. No, the other one. The other, I mean, another 
I'm trying to think <laughs> of uh, what that other. No, because I know that name and this name. I don't even think I know the name if it comes up, to be honest. Hmm. So even if I type it, you'll be like, oh. it may, I mean, maybe, but I don't. Well, should we just take another? Clue? You know who? You know who would know this, Matt? I guarantee you, guaranteed. But yeah, okay. So let's take another clue. All right. Both teams moving on to clue number four. The last sporting event held here was a 1963 NFL game between the Jets and Bills. I stand by everything I just said. Each team with a New York guy on it, too. I, I mean, I have nothing to add. <laughs> so if, I, I think we could take another clue if you're okay with it. Yes, we will take clue number five. Eric and the anchor are taking clue number five. And Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, are you going to take a guess or go for clue five? I'm inclined to go for clue five. All right, everybody is in for clue five. And here is clue five. Arguably my most famous sports moment was Vic Wirtz's fly ball caught by Willie Mays in the 1954 World Series. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman is checking in. So Eric and the anchor, you're free to discuss. So I have very little other than what I said you. I mean, it's, it's in New York City. It's a super old baseball stadium. I knew the nickname of it, but I don't know the actual name of it. What is oh, so you knew the nickname was the bathtub? Yes, don't know you the don't name know. of the stadium, <laughs> and you're you're almost certain it's not Ebbets Field. I would know. I know Ebbets. Like I know that as a like a, a a stadium. I know that name. For this, I don't. Or is that where nothing. the or was that where the Dodgers played? Was Ebbets Field? It's the problem. Too many teams in baseball started in New York in their own stadiums and then left. I I have. I have nothing for even a guess. I mean, now, I, now that we've talked out Ebbets as being probably the New York Dodgers. I don't think I'm going to get to it unless Scott sings for me. I don't know. But I don't think he's on the other team, so I don't think he's going to sing. It's not about the other team. It's about stumping me last week. <laughs> I mean, in the end, this is right now a 10-point question. I'm not going to sweat. I'm not worried. really yeah. don't. Let's, let's just check in with Matt's um, Little League Stadium. All right, we'll check in with Matt's Little League Stadium. Eric and the anchor checking in with Matt's Little League Stadium for 10 points. And Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, your answer for 10 points. It's all you, Andrew. Well, I think we were sweating it that it might actually be Ebbets Field because it was the one thing we could think of that was even close to Flushing Meadows, which was something that had a brush just because we like puns. But, uh, but we ended up committing with the name I think you were looking for, which was the Polo Grounds. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is the Polo Grounds. They never even heard of that. I have, but I wasn't going to oh. get there at all at any point. Yeah, there were there were multiple incarnations of it. I think one of them burned down. There was like three or four of them that were there for a while. And uh, interestingly enough, the light poles used at that stadium are now used at the home field for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, they had a strange connection that somehow I got donated over there after it was done. And they've been there ever since still working. So I was thinking about throwing that clue in there, but I figured that was literally not going to help anybody. So that's why good I flavor, it's good flavor text. Yeah. After the, the Matt inspired question, we'll move on <laughs> to question number three. Who am I? Clue one. I, along with my brother, was an executive producer for the 2018 sports film, Run the Race. Let's take another one. Eric and the anchor taking another clue. 
and Roberto Alan Marcus Stroman. We'll do the same. Okay, moving on to clue number two. I was born in Makati, Philippines. Josh, you good with another one? Eric and Anchor taking another clue, and Roberto Alan Marcus Stroman. I think we will. Uh, I, I I think we're inclined to also take another one. Sounds good. Moving on to clue three. In order to draft me, a team traded three picks, which would later become Sergio Kindle, Ed Dixon, and Dennis Pitta. I think we'd both like to hear another clue, please. And by both, I just mean me and Scott, not all four of us, not both teams. Josh, I'm pretty good with that. Well, then checking in. All right, we're checked in. So Eric and the anchor are checking in for 30 points on clue three. And so for Roberto Alamarca Stroman, I'll proceed with clue number four. The NCAA created a rule informally named after me, which banned messages on iPaint. That doesn't help me at all, Andrew. And it doesn't take me off of the scent of the person I was thinking of before. I say, let's go for it. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and check in then. Roberto Alamarca Stroman is checking in for 20 points and go ahead and give us your answer. Going to check in with Michael Vick. Checking in with Michael Vick for 20 points. And Eric and Anchor, you checked in for 30 points and go ahead and give us your answer. So uh, first two clues were zero, zero help. I did not know he was born in the Philippines. Um, but I did know that the Broncos did trade up to draft him in the, uh, I believe, the first round. And that's uh, Tim Tebow. Eric and the Anchor checking in with Tim Tebow. And one team is getting points. The correct answer is Tim Tebow. Um, so the last clue would have been talking about him batting 163 for the Syracuse Mets. <laughs> last year so that one i could have got a tebow question that involved very little football surprisingly <laughs> done a lot of different things i didn't even know he had an older brother but his brother robbie tebow um helped executive produce that movie that i was talking about so one more question in the round of how low can you go and it is where am i clue one some of my non-big four professional teams include the seals Legion, Aviators, and Growlers. We'll take another clue. Eric and the Anchor taking another clue. And Roberto Alamarca Stroman. Yes, let's, let's hear another one. Moving on to clue number two. The NCAA Division I Toreros are located here. And it is T-O-R-E-R-O-S, Toreros. All I know is that just rules out my original guess of Newfoundland because... They're unlikely to have any NCAA Division I teams. Let's hear the next clue, Mason. Roberto Alamarca Stroman hearing another clue. And Eric and the Anchor. All right, yeah, we'll take one more. Both teams moving on to clue three. I have never had an NHL franchise, although I do have a current AHL franchise, the Goals. Checking in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman has checked in for 30 points. Eric and the Anchor, feel free to talk it out. Yeah, so back to my love of college nicknames. Um, I'm pretty sure the Toreros is San Diego. Um, and then when he came out with the Gulls, I'm now like 100% that it's San Diego. So let's check in with San Diego. Eric and the Anchor checking in for 30 points with San Diego. And Roberto Alamarca Stroman also checked in for 30 points. Go ahead and give us your answer. Well, it's definitely the San Diego Gulls. 100%, 100% on that. So that's what we went with. San Diego. Both teams are receiving 30 points for this question. The correct answer is San Diego. Uh, the other two clues were Torrey Pines was built on the site of a U.S. Army installation here. 
And then within a 14-year span, the Rockets and Clippers both left here. Yeah, and now their only big four team is the Padres, which you can find on Pitch, which is uh, on Hulu. So there you go, Scott. You had to give your plug for the game. Really recommended. Thank you. I had to, that's why I wrote that question because of pitch. Really? Like I was like, Oh, San Diego time to write a sports question about San Diego. Seriously. So, how much money are you getting paid? <laughs> I, I, I signed a non-disclosure. I can't. I'm just very glad you didn't use the Ron Burgundy example. Yeah. There was enough Will Ferrell on the last episode. I, I about that. Enough. You've never yeah. seen Talladega nights. Dude, you hadn't seen any good movies until we recently. <laughs> you've, you've watched the entire season of Pitch, but never seen Tale of Nigga Nights. I said it's like the one of his movies that somehow has eluded me. I, I nothing against it. It's just the one for whatever reason. Like okay. I thinking and oh, it's not a. It's not it, really it, a good movie. It's what? got funny lines. Come on, <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's one of those things where it's like I feel like now I don't have to watch it because everyone just references it so much where I know some of the lines. So it's dropping. Like, I have to watch it for. <laughs> I'm dropping the anchor after that comment, John. <laughs> Sorry, this anchor is attached. You can't get rid of me. Going down with it, whether you like it or not. After the first quarter, we have a score of Roberto Alamarcus Stroman with 60 points and Eric and Anchor in the lead with 120 points. Plenty of game left to play. Plenty of game. Sure is. And our second quarter for today is pre and post game. For this round, there will be five before and after style questions. So, for example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. And each question is worth 20 points. Question one. What Indianapolis Colts wide receiver was named a finalist for the 2020 Pro Football Hall of Fame and won NHL All-Star MVP in 2017 as a member of the Flyers? Check in, Josh. We'll check in. Eric and the anchor is checking in. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, feel free to talk it out. Good. I can just start naming people who run that team. Um, yeah, please. All right. So I think Braden Shen was definitely a center with that team before he got traded. So we got a Braden. Uh, we got Claude, Claude Giroux. We got Jakob Voracek. Uh, I think Shane Gostisbehar was on that team at that point. See, 2017 All-Star MVP. Yeah, so which been, one of those guys would have been an all-star? They're, they all could have been an all-star. So but Braden Shen is probably the, the biggest deal out of all of them. I can't think of a Colts receiver that was... Braden. And Braden. Okay. Their goalie. Their goalie had been Brian Elliott. Could have been Steve Mason. Could have been just those two, really. It's just too late for Brzezgalov. Uh Who else was good in that team? Um, Sean Couturier. Could have been him then. I mean, that's my list. All right. So Colts Hall of Fame finalist receiver. Yeah. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons played for that team. He easily could have been. All right. Well, we're going to check in with Reggie Wayne Simmons. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman is checking in with Reggie Wayne Simmons. And Eric and Anchor, your answer? So, Scott, your weakness of hockey, you had somebody who's Canadian. I know. Paid off for you because the answer is Reggie Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Beep, beep, Makes beep, the dream work. Beep. I, I literally hey, said that, that. too in, in the chat. I was like, if you can get the hockey player, I know I'll get the receiver. Let's try to work it backwards. Yeah. And both teams are receiving points. Correct answer is Reggie Wayne Simmons. Um, so all aboard the Wayne train. There you go. 
And uh, he was actually traded to the Sabres not too long ago for a 2021 fifth round pick. Move on to question number two. What San Francisco quarterback, winner of the 1970 NFL MVP, was the only quarterback in NFL history to lose all 10 of his career starts while playing for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. All right, we're checking in. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman is checking in. Eric and the anchor, go ahead and talk it out. So I got the Chief. I don't know any. 70 is what, the merger? Like, that's it. Like, right? It's. Football didn't exist for me then, unless it was in the Super Bowl. I don't think he played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no. so you said the Chief is Brody, Brody Croyle. Croyle. Yeah. So we got to come up with somebody who either. His last name's his last Brody. name is Brody or ends in bro or something like that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get any quarterbacks who even come close to that kind of name. Jeff Brody. Jim Brody. Vince Brody. It's, a- it's Adrian Brody. Lou Brody. I already, my brain already went there, Scott. So nice I'll try. just start. I'll just start throwing names. Frankie Brody. No. Albert Brody. Norm Brody. You can say all these names. Nothing's going to ring a bell for me. Y.A. Brody. So just pick up. I'm going to let you pick a name, and we'll go with Brody Croyle afterwards. So just give me a first name. So we need, like, some kind of, like, uh, I, just a common 19, don't go, don't go like crazy. A 19, it's got to be, like, a 1950s name, right? He was born probably in the, you know, 50s. Okay. Was, or actually maybe in the 40s. So you want to go – my dad was born in the 40s. You want to go with his name? What's your dad's name? John. <laughs> John Brody Croyle? Sure. Let's go 40s? with that. All right. We'll check in with John Brody Croyle. Eric and the Anchor checking in with John Brody Croyle and Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, your answer. I have no idea if you backed into it or not because we had no clue on this whatsoever. So we went with Roger Staubach to the future. <laughs> you checked in with I Roger Staubach to the future. I think that's right. <laughs> and uh, Eric and the Anchor, you somehow backed your way into a correct answer because the answer is John Brody Croyle. Oh, my God. That is his – so John Brody – uh, graduated out of Stanford. He was actually played uh, golf for a while. He qualified for the U.S. Open the year he got drafted. So he was a pretty good golfer. But yeah, his name is John Brody. So somehow you picked your dad's name and it worked. He was born in the 40s. Josh. <laughs> yeah, Brody. Cro- there oh, we sorry, go. John, John Brody was born in 1935. So a Well, like I said, somewhere in there, if he was a quarterback in take 70. Take the points, take the points yeah, back. We'll take it. No, take them back. I no, don't take them back. You don't want them now because it wasn't the 40s. Oh. Um, so the other interesting fact I found was that Brody Croyle was the number two quarterback out of high school after Joe Maurer. Hey, um, Joe Maurer probably could have been a better quarterback for the Chiefs than Brody Croyle. So All right, moving on. Question number three. What golfer who won the 2013 U.S. Open and a gold medal in the 2016 Olympics scored the last goal against the Netherlands to win the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup? Just, I just check it in. I don't think we're going to stumble on it. Funny, we were thinking the same thing. But uh, the, the the last name you sent for that one, I think... I know, that's first, not right. It's a first name for one no, it's of them. No, it's a last name for one of the players. I know it's not that one. It's not right. I'm telling you right now, it's not right. Well, I'm just saying that's also a first name for one of the one of them. But I can't... But it could be a last name for one of them, too. 
All right, I think we're going to check in so you can talk freely. All right, Roberto Alamarca-Stroman is checking in, so Eric and the anchor, go ahead and talk it out. So, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's Justin Rose, um, but I don't know anybody named Rose. I have an ex-girlfriend named Rose. She wasn't uh, on the 2019 FIFA? She, no, she played rugby. Uh, um, <laughs> Very angry. I mean, could could Alex Morgan's nickname be Rose? Probably or- not. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't, and you know, and it's not obviously Megan Rapino. No, not Carly Lloyd. I already used Carly Lloyd in a previous one, but uh, yeah, I, I got nothing better. So if you just want to go with that. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Justin Rose Morgan. Eric and the anchor checking in with Justin Rose Morgan and Roberto Alamarca-Stroman, your answer. Okay, so I'm starting a new pre and post game streak of not getting them correct. Just want to make that known throughout our podcast here. Uh, we were on a similar wavelength there. After Carly Lloyd McClendon several games ago, I've exhausted all of my women's soccer knowledge. Actually, I answered a Brandy Chastain one too. So now, yeah, I- I've really reached my limit. So we also uh, went with Justin Rose. So we checked in with Justin Rosie the Riveter. Roberto Alamarca Stroman checking in with Justin Rosie the Riveter. Fortunately, I can't award points for this one. The correct answer is Justin Rose Lavelle. Well, um, obviously. Um, so she was actually awarded the bronze ball, which means she was the third best player. Even though you I haven't heard of her, she was a fairly good player. For pretty the, good, apparently. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, you can write to FIFA and tell them that she shouldn't have deserved the bronze ball for that. That email has already been started. <laughs> Fair enough. Now we move on to question number four. Which Blackhawks defenseman won the Conn Smythe Trophy in 2015 and claimed that 40% of the MLB was using cocaine in 1980, only a year after winning the NL MVP? We're checking in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman checked in. Eric and the anchor, go ahead and talk it out. So it's Dustin Keith, or Duncan Keith, sorry. Um, and the only Keith I know from the 80s is Hernandez. I mean, he certainly could have won an MVP in what 79 is that is, he said it did he say it in 1980 or was he okay so he won the nl mvp in 79 i can't think of any other key i mean i would have i think he would have been playing in 79 am i wrong with duncan keith I, what other defensemen are for there for the blackhawks from 2015 i your that's your department uh thanks I, I'm, if, if he didn't play for the Wild, I don't have. And even then, I even might if so, not. Brent Seabrook, I don't like the Blackhawks. So yeah, I I, if that was your initial thinking, I I say we go with it. And all right, let's go with it. All right, so we're gonna check in with uh, Duncan Keith Hernandez. Eric and the anchor checking in with Duncan Keith Hernandez and Roberto Alamarca Stroman. Would you check in with? Well, the bad news is they got Duncan Keith correct because he definitely was the unanimous Conn Smythe MVP pick of 2015. And then the only Keith we could come up with was Hernandez. So we said Duncan Keith Hernandez. And you also checked in with Duncan Keith Hernandez and both teams are getting points. The correct answer is Duncan Keith Hernandez. So according to the American Mustache Institute, uh, Keith Hernandez was rated as the top, top sports mustache ever. So coming from a place of authority, I assume. 
Oh, that's impressive. Uh, they, then these people have never seen Paul McLean, an NHL coach who's nicknamed the Walrus. So, I mean. What about Lanny McDonald? Lanny McDonald. I mean, we've got, <laughs> we've got multitudes of hockey mustaches <laughs> yeah, there's, here there's, just waiting to be butted in here. There's better mustaches in yeah. Raleigh Fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, I'll, throw, rally fingers. I'll throw a name out there. You can, you can, you can Google it. Cause no one's going to know who he is except for his mother and me. Um, ben Gite, amazing handlebar mustache for the avalanche. Just saying. I mean, even in baseball, you could probably give Don Mattingly's nice, nice trimmed job, a little bit of more credit than Keith Hernandez there. So. Yeah. All right. Last question for pre and post game. Question five, what Texans and Lions safety, the league leader in interceptions in 2014 currently coaches a team whose players include Emmanuel Moutier, Joe Ingles, and Mike Conley. We can check this one in, uh, Andrew. I know this one for a fact. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman checking in. Eric and Anchor, go ahead and talk it out. So this is where we're talking it out, and I have nothing. <laughs> Texans and Lions safety. Texans and Lions safety who led the league in interceptions in 2014? Glover Quinn. Did he play for the Texans? I only see him as a lion. And I'm trying to think of what team. Because Mike Conley got traded, I do believe. Last I knew he was on the Grizzlies. I think he got traded this Did last he? season. And I have no idea where Moutier and Angles play. But then even if it was the Grizzlies, I couldn't tell you who coaches the Grizzlies. What was the name you came up with for the safety? Quinn. Glover Quinn. 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 Is Quinn Buckner? Well, that's a name in sports. You a basketball coach? How many basketball coaches can you name? Current ones? Not yeah. many. They, they not quite as often as hockey coaches, but they seem to get fired pretty quickly too when their teams aren't winning. So there's lots of turnover. I got nothing better. Um, so if we wanted to go with your first half and throw Buckner on the end as uh, our guest for let's Quinn go, Buckner. Let's go with it. I got nothing better. You're, you're, you're looking at the anchor for help. That's not going to That's not gonna help you. I got five slamma jamma. What else do you want? Just tell me where Mike Conley went and we probably get this. I don't remember where he got traded to. I didn't even know he was traded. Um, Quinn. Quinn. Is there a coach named Quinn? There is. I don't know his last name. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm pretty sure the coach of the, the, the Jazz, his first name is Quinn. It's like Quinn, Quinn. I could say Quinn a hundred times. I don't think that's good for anybody. Um, so let's just go with Glover, Quinn. Do you want not uh, want to go with the last name that I had that at least is a person's name? Buckner, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. Go ahead. So you, I, you go. Glover, go Glover Quinn, Buckner? Or wait, is, that, sure. is that what you want? All right, let's I, check I in guess. with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So Eric and the anchor is checking in with Glover Quinn Buckner and Roberto Alamarca Stroman, your answer? Thankfully, I knew this one right away. Uh, it's definitely Glover Quinn. Uh, Mike Conley did get traded to the Jazz after the Grizzlies drafted John Morant because, you know, too many point guards. And their head coach is uh, Quinn Snyder. So the correct answer is Glover Quinn Snyder. One team is getting points. Correct answer is Glover Quinn Snyder. Yeah, so uh, Quinn Snyder – was a player at Duke and went undrafted. And then he went directly into coaching a couple of years later. And he's been there ever since he's been at multiple different pro teams. He coached uh, Missouri for a while. Uh, he was an assistant at Duke. So he's been around quite a few teams during his coaching career. Teams that aren't like um, on the top or somebody who's, you know, I mean, obviously came in after Jerry Sloan. Uh, 
couldn't even get come close. You could, you could literally just refer to him as like generic NBA coach number four. Like yeah, I just nothing know. about him that would stand out from most of the other coaches. And I haven't been paying that close of attention because the Timberwolves have been crappy. So, oh well. Heading into halftime, we have scores. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman with 120 points and Eric in the anchor still in the lead with 180 points. So it's now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions that are about or involving sports with each question being worth 20 points. Question one, for what professional team did Lizzo's new man play for in the 2018 hit song, Truth Hurts? Are you really going to make that worth 20 whole points? All right, go back to the old Matt questions. <laughs> hey, you want some we, are, about we are checking in. We can check in as well. All right, both teams checking in. So we'll start with uh, Roberto Alamarcus Stroman. Go ahead and give us your answer. Now, having just lived in Minnesota and hearing the name New Man from the Minnesota Vikings over and over again, there's nothing that makes me spin my head faster. So we're going to go with Minnesota Vikings. Checking in with the Minnesota Vikings and Eric and the Anchor. Go ahead and give us your answer. Well, if I were Dan, I would sing it to you, but I am not Dan, so I'm just going to answer with the Minnesota Vikings. And both teams are correct. It is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and there have been some theories as to who this particular individual is. And one of them is interesting to me is Terrence Newman, which would explain the new man reference. Um, Makes sense. It's very tenuous. There's a couple other contenders, but... Yeah. It's definitely true, right? She definitely did have a new man on the Minnesota Vikings. Who is Lizzo? So she is a rapper. Um, she's actually of from note. Baton Rouge area because she did a music video at Southern University. Um, but she's, <laughs> she's with, the, with the marching band, right? Yeah, she did it all with the marching band. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think she might be from like the Detroit area originally. And she definitely lived in Minnesota uh, yeah. for a stretch. So she's, she's kind of been around... I think she moved to Minnesota to work with Prince, actually. You've, that very well could be true. I, it would make sense. That'd be a good place, good person to go work with. But uh, Eric, uh, I mean, I'm older than you, and I know who Lizzo is. And not just because she was like here for a while, because I didn't know her when she was here. It's not like we were getting coffee on Tuesdays. So, hot take. Um, I'm old, and the only reason I know I'm old is because all new music sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, I, 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 I know who Lizzo is, but I couldn't have told you the lyrics in that song because I switch it whenever it comes on. Didn't you go uh, through your Twitter phase and uh, a year ago and see everybody used the 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 uh, the line? Uh, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm one hundred percent something something. Although in the song, oh that yeah, yeah, that's I've from, seen that. That's that her. Is, yeah, that's from one that's of her. her. That's from that song. The same of course, one. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's another reason I don't listen to it because I'm yeah. not percent that bitch. So, ah, fair enough. Thirteen <laughs> percent tops. Yeah, on a good day. <laughs> Question two: I'm willing to bet most, if not all of you, have never heard of the 1979 movie "The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh." So it's about the Pittsburgh Pythons, a professional basketball team led by Dr. J, of all people. And there are other cameos by famous basketball players, including Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Spencer Haywood, and Connie Hawkins. But what clown prince, who later became an ordained minister, fittingly played Reverend Grady Jackson in the movie? We're going to check in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman is checking in. Eric and the anchor, go ahead and talk it out. You know who would know this. Matt. He loves nicknames, so who's the clown prince? 
I don't know the movie. I don't know the nickname. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know the movie, but... I was really hoping the question <laughs> was going to be the re- fish who saved, and then you have to name the city. But well, you, you really were inspired by Matt for this. Uh, for this I mean, character. I was trying to cover a wide variety. Unfortunately, some of them dug. I mean, it's not. It's 1979. It's not like it was pre Great Depression. Like Matt, I've never even but, heard of this movie. <laughs> I haven't either. But I found the movie searching through Wikipedia, and it had basketball and players. Sh- and I'm sure stuff. Clown Prince is like the the key. Like yes, there's, it's, there's the there's, thing. I don't know what like comedian. Uh, I'm guessing like, it's a comedian. No, it's a basketball player. And he didn't say that. That's what I'm getting from. Necessarily. So there's cameo from basketball players, and then this like he he led me to believe it's a basketball player. So what basketball player is the clown prince of basketball? From the seventies, sixties. I don't know any of them really. Anything before that movie? It's not necessarily. A basketball player. No, but it's everything leading up to that makes you go there. I don't think he's trying to mislead us. He he doesn't seem like that kind of gentleman. Uh, is there is there uh, anyone on the Globetrotters from back in the day who was uh, like Reverend or? The one thing I know less about than 1970s basketball is the Harlem Globetrotters. Can how many Globetrotters can you name? Curly Neal. Let's go with that. Sure. All right. We'll check in, sir. We'll check in with Curly Neal. Eric and the anchor checking in with Curly Neal. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, your answer. If I could name any Globetrotters, I would have named them when we came up with our thoughts. But the only clown prince I know is the clown prince of baseball, and that's Max Patkin. And he was in another movie, so I don't know if that's fitting. So we're gonna we checked in with Max Patkin, clown prince of baseball. We checked in with Max Patkin, who I've never heard of. So. Well, there, here goes that. Yeah. That um, so. Bull Durham. He's in Bull Durham. So the correct answer is Metal Lark Lemon, who was named the Clown Prince. Uh, he was on the Harlem Globetrotters, so Josh was on the right track. He was getting his way there. Wasn't, I mean, I, I might have even come up with him, but... Oh. Yeah, I was, like I said, you were dancing around it. I was like, maybe he will back his way into naming... Yeah, but he was known as the Clown Prince when he was on the Harlem Globetrotters. And he was also inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, I was at least sniffing around a right answer. Question three. Speaking of ministers in basketball movies, what former NBA player took time out of his busy schedule to play Uncle Drew's former teammate Preacher in the 2018 movie Uncle Drew? We'll check in. Eric and the Anchor checking in. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, go ahead and talk it out. This is where we're at. Busy former players. Yeah. Of what we've listed here, I feel like Shaq seems like the obvious answer. Definitely busy. Yeah, but I mean, and he kind of gets his hands in as many things as he possibly can, it seems like. Yeah, and has acted. Yeah, but I I wonder if it's a little bit too obvious. The reason I thought Magic Johnson, because he's involved with the Lakers front office and the Dodgers. Yeah. He's busy too. Yeah, he's doing a lot. And Charles Barkley's a guy who's been on TV. Right. He's a, he's, a, he's also a busy guy. Yeah, movie uh, is you know, I feel like that movie is guard heavy with Kyrie Irving being in it. That's why I'm leaning towards Magic. I feel like he'd team up maybe with another guard, do like some fancy dribbling and some things that might be out of Shaq and Barkley's wheelhouse. 
Well, I got no thunder whatsoever. So I'll say, let's say, let's go with uh, Mr. Lucky Magic Johnson. All right. So we'll check in with uh, Irvin Magic Johnson. Roberto Alamarcus Stroma is checking in with Magic Johnson and Eric and the Anchor. Your answer? Well, this is a movie that apparently neither Eric or I have seen. Um, I'm pretty sure Shaq was in it. Uh, then I was trying to think of other former players. I think even like Lisa Leslie might have been in it. Um, there was one. There was one woman uh, player in it as well. So I think it was Lisa Leslie. But uh, I couldn't think of any others. And Shaq's a busy guy, being on you know TNT, the NBA on TNT, and doing commercials all the time. So we went with Shaquille O'Neal. Eric and the anchor checking in with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, there was a, a subtle clue in here. I didn't try to emphasize it, but I said took time out of his busy schedule because there's a particular player that infamously took a timeout when he did not have one. And that is Chris Weber. I wouldn't have got there. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So there Which was is a- good because I thought the clue for timeout would have been Michael Jordan. So thank God that uh, it didn't clue into that, but that's time off, not timeout. Yeah. It was kind of a subtle clue, but I wanted to kind of lead you to that, but evidently no one picked up on it. So he does stuff on TNT as well. And he commentates a lot of games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. So that's where I was like, oh, Shaq's busy. He's doing lots of things. So, All right. Well, this round has been interesting, but we'll move on to question four of our halftime. In 2012, what artist who might have been running out of change in his pocket at the time recorded an absolutely crazy cover of the Ramones Blitzkrieg Bop as the Thursday night football theme? I know it, Andrew. We can check in. Roberto Alamarcostrom is checking in. Eric and the Anchor. Talk it up. Well, I threw I threw the guess. Oh, you got something better? No, no. I, I change in my pocket is uh it's 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 lyrics from a CeeLo song. From that uh I can't I'm I i do not want to swear. Um that which song is changing my pocket? Um that that it's it's the edited song is forget you, but you know, replace forget with Okay, so you want to go CeeLo? That's it sounds like change about yeah, no, yes. If that's if that's one yes. of his lyrics. Yes, it is. It's one hundred percent one of his lyrics. So I, I had the Lizzo lyric down. You got the CeeLo lyric down. We'll yeah. we'll go with that then. So we'll check in with CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green. Eric and the anchor checking in with CeeLo Green and Roberto Alamarcus Stroman. Your answer? So yeah, it sounds like both teams it took them a minute to get there. Like I couldn't think of what that change in pocket reference was. And then in my head I remembered I was at Best Buy once and I was playing uh, Just Dance to uh, Forget You by CeeLo. I bet that change in my pocket wasn't enough. Uh, it's CeeLo Green. You also checked in with CeeLo Green. Both teams are getting points. Correct answer is CeeLo Green. I was kind of surprised that this happened, but the name of the song was I Love Football to the to beat a Blitzkrieg bop. It's a strange song. Um, and it wasn't, I think it was only on for one year on Thursday Night Football because it was a strange song. He's a strange Especially, guy, so that makes sense. Yeah. And there's also another cell reference with Crazy, which was a, a song by Norris Barkley, which he was part of as well. So that was a more subtle reference than the other one, but I figured I'd add both of, both of them. You can go from either direction, but yeah. Seal Green is the correct answer. All right. So now we are on to the last question of our halftime. And so I want you to complete this line from the Beyonce and Jay-Z's 2006 song, Deja Vu, with the name of a speedy outfielder who used this song as his walk-up music until his retirement in 2013. And here are the lyrics. 
I used to run bass like blank. Now I run the bass, hi-hat, and the snare. All right, Mason, we're going to check in. Eric and the anchor checking in. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, go ahead and talk it out. Uh, if you guys want to take a true halftime, because I'm prepared to go through every single baseball team and just think about fielders, if, if that's what I have to do. So, so the best guess that I've got there is, is Juan Pierre, because he was definitely active in the early 2000s. He easily could have retired in 2013, and he was definitely a speedy outfielder. You know He's what, my... guys? We don't have to do that break. That's, it's, yeah, that's right. I mean, how could it not be? It rhymes with snare. Yeah. And he's a speedy outfielder, and he retired right around that time. So that's a good poll. Let's check in with Juan Pierre. Roberto Alomar-Castroma is checking in with Juan Pierre. And Eric and Anchor, your answer? So, uh, yeah, we needed something that rhymed with snare, and the first thing that came to my mind is uh, Juan Pierre. So you also checked in with Juan Pierre, and both teams are getting points. The correct answer is Juan Pierre. So uh, he actually lived in Alexandria, Louisiana. Fun fact. So it's a slight Louisiana connection. Um, it's only fun for you. <laughs> and uh, he ended up he ended his career with the team that he won his only World Series with, which was the Marlins. So that's where he ended it in 2013. Thank uh, my 2003 fantasy baseball league for introducing me to the guy to begin with. Oh, it wasn't. We're not thanking your knowledge of Jay Z and Beyonce songs. We are definitely not thanking my knowledge of Jay-Z and Beyonce songs. I would have been crazy in love with you if that's what we were doing. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Eric there. He He's the one that pulled that. I was sitting here going, um, rhymes with snare. Uh. <laughs> I, so I, I said in the chat, I'm like, it's definitely not Matt Stairs. <laughs> we have to be a different kind of speedy if it was going to be him. Yeah. Heading into the second half, we have scores of Roberto Alamarcus Stroman with 180 and Eric and the anchor with 240. And now we'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. And if you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thank you. So now today's third quarter will be let it ride or throw in the towel. For this round, there will be five questions in a given category that increase in difficulty. After each question, teams can decide to let it ride and attempt the next question or throw in the towel and take the points they have accrued to that point. One correct answer is worth 20 points, two correct answers is worth 40, three worth 80, four worth 160, and all five correct answers is worth 320 points. If a team answers incorrectly, they will lose half of their points accrued in the round. So today's category is the 2000 NFL Draft. So we'll start off with your first question. What kicker was drafted 17th overall in the 2000 NFL Draft and somewhat lived up to his hype by making a record-tying 63-yard field goal in 2011? Josh, we can check in. Check in. Both teams are checked in, so we'll start with uh, Eric and the anchor. Go ahead and give us your answer. We checked in with Sebastian Janikowski. Checked in with Sebastian Janikowski and... Roberto Alamarcus Stroman, what was your answer? It's uh, Shane Leckler's uh, duo back there for the Raiders for all those years. It's Sebastian Janikowski. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman also checked in with Sebastian Janikowski, and that is the correct answer. I was going to add that uh, Shane Leckler was drafted in the fifth round of the same draft, so they provided quite a special teams duo for the Raiders. Not really getting them much in the process, but still a solid special teams duo. Hey, they went to a Super Bowl, those guys. Yeah, at least, at least they had that. Other than that, they were just punting all the time and kicking all the time. So now the question, let it ride, throw in the towel. 
think we're – I mean, we're certainly going to let it ride. Let it ride. All right, we'll move on to second question. What linebacker selected ninth overall won the 2000 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year and is the only member of the class to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? We can check in, Josh. Eric and the anchors checked in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman, go ahead and talk it out. Well, talk it out means Scott can talk to himself because I'm going to be absolutely no help to him on this. <laughs> I'm having like a little bit of a brain fart as to when this person that's on my head actually came out. So it's not obviously it's not Terrell Suggs going through Ravens linebackers. Peter Bolware, I think he was a little bit after or before. Sorry, before the 2000s. Uh, there was Ed Hartwell. He was before. He was drafted before 2000. Obviously, like I'm trying to, I hate Ray Lewis. He's like one of my least favorite athletes. So I don't know much about him as far as like when he was drafted, but I thought it was before 2000, but hall of famer. I know he's a hall of famer and I don't think there's anyone else I can think of that's made the hall of fame that was playing with the Ravens around that time. I would offer you moral support because that's all I can offer. (laughs) Okay. I'd say go with your best instincts. Sounds like don't have any. I mean, it sounds like Ray Lewis is your best instinct. He just seems earlier than that because they won that Super Bowl and he was a big part of that team. But I don't remember that necessarily being in his rookie year. I really didn't get into football until a little bit after this. So, so if it's at all helpful, everything I know about football, I know from watching the league. And Terrell Suggs was a player who was mentioned on the league. Right. Yeah. He came out of Arizona State in like 2005, though. So, okay. And he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. So okay. not him. We're just going to check in with Ray Lewis. Roberto Alamarcus-Strom is checking in with Ray Lewis. And Eric and the Anchor, your answer? So I'm obsessed with the NFL draft. So I know this draft almost like front and back. Brian Erlacher. Eric and the Anchor checking in with Brian Erlacher. And the correct answer is Brian Erlacher. Did um, you so. Ravens? I did not mention Ravens. What the, where the hell did the Ravens pop in my head from? I was asking Josh that. I'm like, why are you on the Ravens? I well, would have got I that mean, right had I heard that. Oh, my God. I was just thinking because, you know, they do have dominance at linebacker. So I was just sitting here going, no. that must be why he keyed no, in. No, I on literally – I keyed in on my head for some reason. I heard Raven. I don't know if I was thinking the Raiders from the previous question. And I have no idea. I'm sorry, Andrew. I would I Obviously, it's Erlach, right? I would have gotten that right if the Ravens weren't on my mind. It's all right. The, for my part, I thought you were clued on the Ravens because I thought, well, the ninth overall pick that year must have gone to the Ravens, so I'm just trusting you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> all right, so since Eric and the anchor had a correct answer, the question is, let it ride or throw in the towel? We're going to let it ride. Otherwise, Eric will kill me if I want to throw in the towel. All right, I see. So we'll move on to question three. It is rare that two players from the same university are drafted first and second overall in the same NFL draft. What university accomplished this feat in the 2000 NFL draft, having two defensive players selected in the first two picks? We can check in, Josh. Well, we're the only ones to check in. They're out now. They answered right. All right, so, we... so, so do, you, do you know? Do you want to answer it? Right off the top of my head, I don't nope. know who went one and two. If you told me who went one and two, I might be able to tell you the All right, it's Courtney, Courtney Brown. LeVar Arrington. Is that Auburn? Penn State. Penn, oh, Penn State. Yeah. State. No, I don't know these things. I wasn't paying attention to the 2000 NFL draft that well. It's my first year out of high school. That's all I had in my life was the NFL draft. So we're, we're checking in with uh, Penn State. 
All right, checking in with Penn State, and that is the correct answer, the two players that you mentioned, yeah. Courtney Brown LeVar Arrington. Um, and the Redskins got their pick from the Ricky Williams trade. So that's why they had that second overall pick. I believe they also had the third pick, which was uh, Chris Clemens. Chris, Chris Samuels. Samuels. Chris Samuels. Samuels. I don't know why I said Chris Clemens. Yeah, Chris Samuels. Sorry. I'm going to know every single one of these, Andrew. This sucks. So well, <laughs> Screwed by the format. What are you going to do? Well, you know, it's – as soon as Eric, as soon as you said Penn State, it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. If I would have thought, I I didn't really think when I heard the second name. So, uh, obviously, go ahead, ask your question. All right, gentlemen, would you like to let it ride or throw in the towel? We're gonna let it ride. I figured you'd say that, so we will proceed with question four. The Cleveland Browns, in typical Browns fashion, drafted multiple busts in the 2000 NFL draft. In the third round, they selected what running back, who was the NCAA career leader in rushing touchdowns from 1999 to 2012 and lasted only two years in the league? They're getting harder, so I like it, um, but I'm pretty sure it's, uh, uh, it's Travis Prentice. Are you good with that? Sure. All right, so we're going to check in with Travis Prentice. Eric and the anchor has checked in with Travis Prentice, and the correct answer is Travis Prentice. So he lasted one year with the Browns, and he also lasted one year with the Vikings, where he averaged less than a yard a carry. I did you didn't not know, know he was on the Vikings for a year. For one year. 14 rushes, 13 yards, two touchdowns. That's why I didn't really know he was on the Vikings. Two touchdowns out of 14 carries, though. Huh, not bad. The yardage was a little, a little low. It's Matt Asiata territory there. Hey, hey now. It's even worse than that. It's not even Leroy Horde territory, where if you need one, he'll get you three. If you need five, he'll get you three. (laughs) All right, so that is another correct answer. So the question is, do you want to let it ride or throw in the towel for the final question? Uh, Since Eric, you know, in his eidetic memory and the love of the 2000 NFL draft, and apparently we're looking to bury these guys, we're going to let it ride. Here's the final question. The San Francisco 49ers, under head coach Steve Mariucci, looked to find a backup for quarterback Jeff Garcia. Thus, instead of taking longtime 49er fan and Bay Area resident Tom Brady, they selected what quarterback who broke numerous passing records at Hofstra University? If you ever watched the, uh, that Tom Brady ESPN thing, all the quarterbacks that were taken before him, Spurgeon Win, one of them. I'm surprised there wasn't a Spurgeon Win question. I was um, going to, but I figured everybody knew everything about Spurgeon <laughs> Win, so it was pointless to ask. So this is uh, Giovanni Carmazzi. They checked in with Giovanni Carmazzi, and that is the correct answer. So well done for sweeping the category on that one. I have never heard of that guy. Because he never started a game in the NFL. He, uh, I think like his first preseason game was against Tom Brady. It's, it's actually it's hilarious. I think it was the, the Hall of Fame game, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, Tom Brady clearly outshone him in that game. Like I said, he never ended up starting an NFL game. After the third quarter, we have scores of Roberto Alamarcus Stroman with 190 points, and Eric and the Anchor, after sweeping that round, has a total of 560 points. So now it is time for the fourth quarter, which is our final quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. And this round consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each so as to not exceed their current point total. So with that, here are your categories for the fourth quarter. Question one, Olympic oddities. Question two, the open. Question three, MLB pitchers in media. Question four, 
NHL leaders in question five, tennis exhibitions. So those are your categories. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. All right, we're going to check in with our wagers. So now that the wagers are in, we'll move on to the questions. First question, the category of Olympic oddities. In December 1991, the Soviet Union dissolved into 15 independent republics. Thus, in the 1992 Winter and Summer Olympics, many of these former Soviet nations competed under what name? We're going to check in. Roberto Alamarcostrom is checking in, so Eric and Anchor, go ahead and talk it out. Pretty sure it's the unified team. That's the first thing that came to my head. That sounds right. All right, so let's check in with unified team for 100 points. Eric and the anchors checked in with the unified team for 100 points. And Roberto Alamarca Stroman, your answer and wager? Well, we wagered zero, so we're going to give you both the answers anyway. But we had unified team, but we also had the CIS, which I think is the Confederation of Independent States, but I will only ever give you CIS. All right. So you checked in with unified team and yeah. also CIS, um, which yes. both of those are acceptable answers. So right. unified team or CIS um, were the correct answers. So they competed under the Olympic flag. Um, and their country code was the French for unified team, which ended up being abbreviated to EUN. Um, Cause I'm not going to try to pronounce it in French, even though I'm from Louisiana, I'm still not going to try it. Okay. Moving on to question two in category of the open. What Irish golfer won the 2019 open by six strokes over Tommy Fleetwood. All right. We're going to check in. Eric and the anchors checked in Roberto Alamarca Stroman. Go ahead and talk it out. Uh, let's just pick an Irish last name. Oh, something. Something it is. I like O'Reilly, O'Shaughnessy, both work. I think you both work. O'Brien, O'Orlando Hudson. O'Orlando Hudson. There we go. All right. Stick with the theme. Yeah. We we wagered zero. We're going to check in with O'Orlando Hudson. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman has checked in with O'Orlando Hudson for zero points. And Eric and the anchor, go ahead and tell us your answer and point wager. So we, again, wagered 100 points. And um, I, I only have the last name. Um, I'm pretty sure the last name's Lowry. Eric and the anchor has checked in for 100 points with Lowry. And the correct answer is Shane Lowry. So he has won two PGA Tour events. He won the 2015 WCG Bridgestone Invitational and the 2019 Open. And that is it. Those are the only two he has ever won. So... It was kind of a big deal, the fact that he won it, because he really hadn't won much other than that. Um, he was also tied for second in the U.S. Open in 2016, so he's been up there a couple of times, but that was his big win. Brett Lowry played for the Blue Jays. Just want to put that out there for my partner. Kyle Lowry won the championship for Toronto. Just putting yes. that out for my partner. Yes. We should have went with Lowry. Lowry would have been it. Question number three in the category of MLB pitchers in media. What 1976 AL Rookie of the Year and two-time All-Star was the first baseball player to ever appear on the cover of Rolling Stone? We're going to check in. Eric and the anchors checked in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman, go ahead and talk it out. So we're, we're naming pitchers left and right. And 1976 Rookie of the Year feels like it would be memorable, but only a two-time All-Star right. is less memorable. Right, like it's not Nolan Ryan, obviously. Right. And then you got the, the fact that they were, this person was on the cover of Rolling Stone. So is it because they were a cool player, like a fashionable player, or because they were married to a musician, or because they were a musician themselves, or are they just, or are they just newsworthy? 
and only still doesn't get you Cleveland for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but you feel like they, they, it was someone who's got to be a celebrity. It was a, a biggish deal. So you, you mentioned Valenzuela as a potentially kind of guy like that, even though yeah, that's it, I mean, it would ha- right. It would have to be, you know, some sort of, right, Fernando Mania type. Yeah. It's got to be some, yeah. Probably, maybe even someone who flamed out if they were a two-time All-Star. Yeah, it could be, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a starter. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to the like the Yankees teams that won the World Series with Reggie Jackson yeah, in the I, late seventies. I can't uh, really think of anyone. Neither can I. Have come up in seventy. Seventy six is when they started to get pretty bad. Yeah. Annoyingly enough, I know the seventy five AL Rookie of the Year because it was Fred Lynn because he also won the MVP. But that's a year off, and Fred Lynn was not a pitcher. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of any. I feel like I'm going to know the name when I. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. Obviously, I'm gonna. It's a player that I, I'm gonna have heard of. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned Jack Morris as a possibility, and he'd definitely be the right age. Uh, he and he played in the American League a lot, and he had a kick-ass mustache, so that'd be a good thing for <laughs> for Roland Stone. And he, but but he was definitely more than a two-time All Star. Uh, yeah, and I just time. I just I don't feel like I remember him having like this big hype train like Denny McLean did. Yeah, I like Denny McLean as an answer. I, I but there's also Bly, that Bly 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 there's that guy from the Orioles whose name I can't think of. Only guys from the – I came into it too late because the only guys from the Orioles I can think of are Mike Messina, and uh, my family had to grudge against Mike Messina forever oh, for, yeah, showing, no, for showing up Cito yeah. Gaston in the 93 All-Star game. So, yeah, no, I was, there's, there's someone – oh, man, his name's escaping me. But I think he was more than a two-time All-Star anyway. Yeah. I mean, I like Denny McLean as an answer. Okay. So let's just go with – let's just check in with Denny McLean. And we, uh, we, we wagered 90 points. So Roberto Alamarca-Stroman is checking in with Denny McLean for 90 points. And Eric and Anchor, your answer and wager, please. Uh, we didn't really have great discussion. Uh, Eric, this is, not, this is obviously a blind spot for Eric, which doesn't help me as the anchor. Uh, but I came up with probably the pitcher you're trying to come up with, Scott, for the Orioles, and that is Jim Palmer. But I think he probably was more than a two-time All-Star. That's definitely the guy I was thinking of, yeah. But that, that was the first name that popped in my head, and that's who we ended up going with. So we're, we're checking in with uh, Jim Palmer for 100 points. Eric and Anger checked in with Jim Palmer for 100 points. And unfortunately, both teams will not be getting points. The correct answer is Mark Fidrich. Um, so Obviously. He was, he was a phenom for the Tigers. He was called the bird. He was very crazy. He talked to the balls and the mound, and he did all sorts of antics. and. Um, so it was, he was a Looney like, Tunes, so that's why he was... Yeah, he was kind of an out-there person. Uh, he actually um, only would pitch to a rookie catcher that was on the Tigers. Like, he would not pitch to anybody else. So every game that he started his rookie year, he pitched to a catcher. Um, and he was also on Sports Illustrated with Big Bird, because supposedly he looked like Big Bird. <laughs> he has really curly hair, and like I said, he was kind of an out-there person. Um, so he made the All-Star the first two years, and then he got hurt and didn't make it back after that. But he became That's kind of a legend all across the country, and especially yeah. in Detroit at the time. I've, I've definitely, yeah. I mean, I know who he is for sure. Now, now that rings a bell. I've heard of him for sure. But if I had to pick a crazy pitcher like that, I would have gone with Mitch Williams. I think his name briefly went through my brain, and it exited so quickly that it wasn't there to even put it yeah. into Eric. And if I had said that to you, Eric, would that chimed anything for you? So, I mean, common knowledge is that I don't know anything about like baseball before 1990 really i mean maybe a little bit of the 80s but i mean you hit 70s baseball and i got i'm i had less than zero 
Yeah, like I said, it quickly, I think my problem with Mark Fidrich is, uh, isn't his name close to a fictional pitcher? Sid Finch? <laughs> See, so I, I think yeah, I get those confused all the time on who was a real pitcher, <laughs> who was the, the, the fictional pitcher. So I, I think that might have been why I let it just dissipate real quickly. Like, I don't know if that's a real guy. All right, move on to question number four in the category of NHL leaders. The Gordie Howe hat trick consists of a player achieving a goal, assist, and a fight in the same game. However, Howe has only achieved this twice. The all-time leader in Gordie Howe hat tricks is what current NHL head coach who did it 18 times in his 18-year career? Eric, how have you not checked in yet? I want Josh to feel involved. He's involved in a victory. I think he's fine. All right, Mason, we can check in. Eric and the anchor has checked in. Roberto Alamarca Stroman, feel free to talk it out. I just want to vocalize this list you're, you're sending me. Uh, Brenda Moore would be funny because in the last game, I got tripped up on Brendan O'Shanahan a storm. <laughs> and uh, I mentioned how, like, I only thought of Shanahan as a Red Wing because he played a lot with Brindamore. I remember those Red Wings teams. So, Rod Brindamore definitely had a long playing career. Yeah. And Rick Tockett is the other guy I can think of who's a current active coach. I'm making my list of all the teams just to see, make sure I'm not leaving anybody out. Sure. But it's not Toronto. It's not Montreal. It's not Ottawa. It's not Detroit. Toronto is. The young guy, Sheldon Keefe, he didn't play that long. He's younger than me. Montreal, Claude Julien, he's been a coach forever. Ottawa is, they, I think they've just fired that guy. Do they have a guy now? Oh, no, uh, DJ Smith. It won't be him. Detroit's Blashell, not him. Florida's Quenville. I don't think he had 18. Was it eight? Did he say 18 was the number? 18. 18 uh, it's an 18 season, so one yeah. All right. So it's not going to be Quenville. Tampa's John Cooper never played. Buffalo's Kruger never played. Boston is Bruce Cassidy, didn't play that long. Philly is Vigneault. New York Rangers is David Quinn, never played. New York Islanders is Barry Trotz. He's been a coach forever, so it's not going to be them. New Jersey just fired as, as Nasruddin. He's about my age. It's not going to be him. Pittsburgh is Mike Sullivan. He didn't have that long of a career. I just want us to get one of these right. That's all I'm motivated <laughs> for. It better be the hockey one, rather than just committing and saying it's Brendan Moore already. But uh, I have a feeling that's where it's going to go. I think it's going to be him. Carolina is, is him. Columbus is Torts. It's not going to be him. Yeah, Washington is Reardon. So it's not him. Minnesota, it's currently Dean Evason. So it won't be him. St. Louis is Craig Berube. He was a longtime player. He had a long career. But I don't think he scored that many goals. So I don't think he could have had that many hat tricks. Uh, Gordie Howe hat tricks. Winnipeg's Paul Maurice. It won't be him. <coughs> Colorado is Jared Bednar, won't be him. Dallas is bonus, and he's coached for a long time, so he's out. Nashville is currently John Hines, he's out. Chicago is, I'm blanking on his name, but he's 32 years old, so it's not going to be him either. LA Kings is Todd McClellan, and he's, he's out. Uh, Anaheim is Dallas Eakins, he's out. Uh, Arizona is Tockett, so he's the other one. I don't know if he has scored that many. Brindamore scored a lot of goals. I'm, I'm just, I'm circling around. It's, it's almost certainly going to be him for the answer. I just want to exhaust everything we've got. Why not? San Jose. All right. San Jose is Bugner. And he was, a, if, if he played, he was a defenseman. Pretty sure he played and he was a defenseman. So he's out. Vegas is currently the guy who was in San Jose. It was, I can see his face. I can hear his name in my head. 
but uh, he's a coach. DeBoer, Peter DeBoer, so it's not him. Edmonton is haircut. Come on. I can see it. I can literally see his face in my head. He used to coach Phoenix. Calgary is Jeff Ward, and Vancouver is Travis Green. Travis Green is a guy who did have a long career as a player, but he was a face-off specialist so, and not a fighter. So it's going to be Brendan Moore, it's going to be Tockett, or it's going to be Tockett. And my instinct is Brendan Moore because he scored more goals. So I say we just, I say we go Brendan Moore. I was with that 10 minutes ago. Well, then I indulge, thank you for indulging me on listing every coach and every team to go with that. Listen, we're not winning this thing. Have a blast, man, by all means. Well, if we at least named, we named two potentials and if it's one of them, I feel okay, but I'd much rather it's, you know, you know, the correct answer. So I'm going to go, we're going to go Rod Brendan Moore checking in. All right, checking in with Brendan Moore for how many points? 100 points. 100 points. All right. And Eric, the anchor, your answer and wager. So it's an NHL question. So I'm immediately putting up 100 points. And unfortunately, guys, you, you had it down to two. Um, and honestly, honestly, I was wrong until you put that second part of the question because I thought in my head Shanahan was. He's top five. But it, the, the, we checked in with Rick Tockett. So Eric and Anchor has checked in with Rick Tockett for 100 points. And the correct answer is Rick Tockett. He had it down to two there. Oh. Unfortunately, it was the wrong one. Eh, that was coin flip. We just, we just clinched the first ever zero. <laughs> on this trivia podcast. We would like to be part of history here. All right. We will move on to our final question in the category of tennis exhibitions. The famous Battle of the Sexes featured Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King battling it out at the Houston Astrodome. However, four months prior, Riggs defeated what other female tennis star in a televised match in Ramona, California? We'll check in. Roberto Alomar, well, well Roberto Alomarcus Stroman has checked in. So, Eric and Anchor, go ahead and talk it out. So, Josh, the only old tennis players I know, women tennis players, are Billie Jean King and Margaret Court. And if it's not Billie Jean King, because that's the first part of that's the question. Not sure. Right. I'm just not sure when Margaret Court actually played. Was she in the 70s? I, I mean, I, I believe so. Or did he beat a up-and-comer? Like, once again, if I knew approximately when in the 70s this really was, which I... Yeah. You know, could have it been like a young Martina Navratilova. I don't know. How but she wouldn't have been a star at the time. No. That would, I, I'm I fine mean, with as as bad as it would have been for him to just be going around like just beating women in tennis. I mean, I think it would have been bad if he was picking on like whatever. If Navratilova was like 15, you know what I mean? Like an adult beating a 15 year old girl just didn't, wouldn't make sense. Well, I mean, it could if that's what instigated the battle of the sexes. Like, oh. hey, you just beat up on a <laughs> yeah serving aces to a 15 year old girl. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wouldn't it have been a, wouldn't it have been a bigger deal if he had played and beat Margaret Court? Like she was the queen of the court, pretty much. I mean, I think she was a, she's a bigger name than Billie Jean King, at least in like win winning. I think, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, in the end, we could go with Court. We could go with Navratilova. We could pick any other. Well. I wouldn't want to pick someone I know didn't play in a round there at least, but yeah, I, I would go, I would, I'm more comfortable with court than never too long, but I, I, like I said, this is just 100%, I guess. Uh, Pure. It's no different on my end. So should we lock in or yeah, should we check in? Sorry. With uh, Margaret court for, if you're, if you're 
Yeah, if you're good with it, I'm good I with mean, it. it's a little anticlimactic at the moment, but uh, I'm fine with that. So we'll, we'll check in with uh, Margaret Court for 100 points. Eric and the Anchor checking in with Margaret Court for 100 points. And Roberto Alamarca Stroman, your answer and wager. We, uh, we had the, sort of the same thought process you did. We also had no points left to wager. Uh, so we went with the other famous female tennis player we could think of, and that was Ms. Margaret Court. Roberto Alamarca Stroman also checked in with Margaret Court for zero points. And the correct answer is Margaret Court. So they did it on Mother's Day in 1973, and Riggs won 6-2, 6-1. Um, and also, that was the first battle of the sexes, so to speak. Um, and then the second one's obviously the most famous one. And there was also a third one in the 90s, which was Jimmy Connors and Martina Navratilova. So Connors beat Navratilova in straight sets under some modified rules that they had. They changed it a little bit, but Connors. I was, kinda, I was hoping that was going to be the question. But in the end, Eric, uh, Eric came up with the right answer. Like usual. I had two people to pick from. It happened to be one of the two people that I knew. So the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Roberto Alamarcus Stroman unfortunately had zero points for the game, but our clipboard captains of the game receiving the coveted Brody Croyle Award with 860 points, Eric and the Anchor. Well played, I gentlemen. See what, I see what you did there. <laughs> it's all connected. It was already planned, but hey, you cemented it with John Brody pool, so... That was no. That was that was that was nice. That was um, impressive. Scott, you okay down there? You just look up a set. Andrew, thank on. you for thank you for coming on, taking the oh, time with us. My pleasure. It's a fun time, even if we did get uh, shellacked in the end there, and uh, and I blew a hockey question, which will have no impact on me whatsoever. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch, stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP. TP.